Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. WQAD Podcast Network. The Cities with Jim Mertens. A production of WQPT. PBS for the Quad Cities region. A podcast in partnership with WQAD. What's going on in the Quad Cities? Activities, events, fun, politics, sports, local issues and opinions. And now, your host, Jim Mertens. I'm Jim Mertens and this is The Cities. The ghosts of old issues still haunting Rock Island County. Specifically issues with an old building and an old political dilemma. The old building? the abandoned county courthouse that was supposed to come tumbling down more than a year ago. But a court case actually stopped that, and now possibilities of renovating the old structure surfacing once again. Plus, the old political dilemma, just how big should the county board actually be? Well, we talked with County Board Chairman Richard Brunk about those very issues. What has changed now than perhaps a month or even six months or a year ago? Uh, A number of the county board members Uh, have determined that they want to at least explore the possibility of a federal courthouse uh, becoming a reality uh, on the site. And uh, so that's that's the direction that the board uh, chose to explore at last evening's meeting. Um, So that's that's what we're working on. So tell me what what happens now? Uh, Well, currently we're working uh, uh, to uh, set up a tour of the building uh, for the uh, General Services Administration um, and uh, provide them any relevant information that they're needing um, so we can determine whether or not you know this is a, is a realistic possibility. Are you still doubtful? Because you've been pretty doubtful in the past. Well, I, I, I may have some doubt, but again, you know, the GSA going in, it'll be, you know, their determination as to whether or not um, you know, the building could be in the running and ultimately it'll be their determination uh, when it comes to the final final site to be selected. Now, my understanding is that the developer, Joe Lemon, is the one who, who wants to buy it from the county, renovate it, then lease it out to the federal government. So it would be a federal facility in a private building. So does that mean that it would generate tax money for the county? Um, with, uh, with a private ownership, um, you know, yes, there would be some some uh, tax revenue there, um, although uh, I, I'm not sure of, of how many uh, properties in the county generate uh, the kind of dollars that have been kind of uh, thrown out there as far as prospective uh, property tax revenue. Um, you know, I, I will tell you from the county standpoint uh, that the dollars aren't that significant. But on the other hand, the biggest opposition that many people had was that of the security concerns. It depends upon what, you, in other words, if you put an office building in there, it would still perhaps be a security problem for the neighboring Rock Island County uh, courthouse and jail. If it's a federal courthouse, that would eliminate that concern, would it not? 
Yes, for, for at least 20 years, that, that concern itself would be uh, uh, addressed. Um, there were two other uh, uh, concerns with privatizing the property also, Jim. Uh, one being is that the county's long-term goal has been to consolidate facilities downtown to create efficiencies and long-term savings for the taxpayers. Um, so, you know, by, by uh, selling the property, um, you know, we would have to look in another direction uh, as far as uh, accomplishing that goal and, and uh, create some significant hurdles to that. Um, but uh, that's, that's one other concern. The third concern is simply just the history of the property as the seat of county government since 1841 uh, when it was deeded in a presidential land grant to the county. Um, so it does address the one concern, the security concern for at least 20 years. Uh, and I think that's why the board members may have decided, you know, hey, let's let's at least take a look at this and see whether it's a realistic possibility. So what is the timeline now? Because we've waited more than a year. I mean, this was supposed to be demolished, what, January of last year? Um, and, and it's been, wow, at least 15 months since then. How much longer do you know that you're going to have to wait as far as finding out what the federal government or the private developer will do? Um, well, we're... Again, we're working on arranging the tour of the of the building. Um, the state's attorney's office has uh, been in contact with Mr. Lemon uh, to get clarification uh, on exactly where they're at uh, in, in the process and and uh, trying to obtain you know information related to that. Um, the GSA has confirmed uh, that they have a hard deadline of March 22nd uh, for any final proposals uh, to be submitted. Um, so, you know, we're kind of working against the clock to see whether, you know, we can actually get the, get all of this accomplished, um, in order to meet that deadline, uh, if the GSA determines, you know, that, that the building is feasible. Uh, and if they decide that it's not feasible, do you think then demolition is, is, is what's going to happen next? Uh, well, I will tell you this, um, we had, uh, actually started the consultation process with the Office of Historic Preservation, which is part of the Illinois Department of Natural Resources, uh, last year. And that, that process um, uh, has moved forward. And, uh, you know, at this point, uh, if, if it were deemed, you know, if, if the courthouse, uh, federal courthouse uh, option couldn't become reality um, for whatever the reason, uh, then, you know, we would move forward with that consultation process with the DNR. Um, and, uh, you know, I believe a, a recordation process, uh, essentially uh, documenting the building for historic posterity, if you will, uh, would, would likely need to be uh, completed uh, prior to demolition. Let's talk about the other big issue that's facing the uh, Rockland County Board. And mind you, there are a number, but it would be the uh, reapportionment after the uh, census. How likely is it that the Rockland County Board will be smaller in size in the future? Uh, yes, yes, I'm, I'm confident that we'll see a reduction in the board through this process this year. Um, you know, there's uh, there's still, you know, debate going on as far as exactly what the reduction should look like. Um, you know, some some feel that based on the advisory referendum from eight years ago, that the number has to be 15. Um, others feel that the board should be looking at all relevant information in order to determine the best way of doing it for, for all the residents of the county. Well, and one of the discussions I've heard is that you create districts and then you have more than one uh, representative for each district. Um, I mean, there, there's a whole different group of uh, ideas that are, that are floating out there. Uh, yes, and actually, you know, those are, those are options that are provided uh, under Illinois state law. 
um, you know, the board not only needs to determine the number of members that will be elected in 2022, but it also has to determine whether those members will be elected at large, whether they'll be uh, elected by districts, and if they are elected by districts, how many members per district. Um, you know, so there, there's a number of things that have to be answered uh, through this uh, reapportionment process. There are critics who say, you know, I mean, I understand that the board might seem too large, but it was because, you know, there was health care involved and, and there was payment for, for members that, that isn't there anymore. I mean, that's been eliminated by the county board, what is this, three, four years ago, so that if you had 35 members or 100 members, it doesn't really matter so much because they're not all getting paid and, and they're not all getting into a, a health care system. Right. Well, I know one of one of the arguments to reduce the board uh, was a money savings. Well, I will I will tell you that rank and file county board members, if they are able to attend all their meetings per year, uh, they make six thousand um, dollars. So, you know, at six thousand dollars a member, uh, you can you can do the math. Um, you know, another reason that people have uh, felt that the board needs to be reduced is uh, they feel it would be more efficient, um, which I, I can understand that argument. Um, you know, there there would be uh, maybe a little bit more efficiency to it. Um, but that being said, you know, there's a number of people that are concerned. They want to make sure that uh, the board is able to maintain its diversity. Uh, we want to make sure that the board continues to reflect the demographics of Rock Island County. Um, and when I say diversity, I'm not I'm not strictly talking about ethnicity or race. Um, I'm talking about diversity in every sense of the word. If you look at our board, we have a very uh, diverse age range. Uh, we, you know, we have numerous, numerous women uh, that are on the board. Um, our, our career choices, our career paths vary greatly. Uh, we have people in higher education. We have people in the medical field. Uh, we have people that, uh, you know, uh, farmers. We have retired, uh, a retired foundry worker. Uh, I myself work in continuous improvement in food manufacturing. So. We all know that our life experiences shape our thought processes. And, uh, you know, so that's why we think that, you know, diversity is important and inclusion is important. Um, so we want to make sure that the, the, uh, the way we do this is, is, is right or the best possible option, uh, if you will, for, for all the residents. Take me through 2021. 2020 was very tough. Revenue is very difficult during this pandemic. What does the county face now as far as the budget is concerned for the coming year? Well, I can tell you that um, some of our revenues, you know, related to the local distribution of sales tax, income tax, and corporate tax, uh, has been down about 30% or so uh, compared to uh, previous year. Uh, so COVID has had an impact. Obviously, um, we, you know, we uh, went through significant cuts uh, as we prepared for this current fiscal year's budget. Um, there's a lot of offices that are. Uh, really feeling the pain, if you will. Um, you know, we already run with a, a very minimal staff in most of our offices compared to other counties. Um, and uh, so, you know, it, it has impacted the county significantly. Uh, that being said, um, you know, we're, we're hoping that the, uh, you know, with, with the package that was uh, passed by Congress uh, in, in just the last couple of days, um, that that will be able to help provide a little bit of relief um, so that we're able to uh, maybe get some things back on track uh, financially uh, 
in, in the near future. Right now, 2021 will be a year that uh, Rock Island County is not operating a nursing home with uh, Hope Creek now being operated by uh, private concerns. You, you still have money to pay off, of course, debt to be paid off for, for Hope Creek. But I mean, what do you think of the transition that has occurred right now? Uh, was it a successful, what, handing of the baton over to a private company? And what kind of financial impact do you expect from that in 2021? Oh, you broke up, Jim. The, the sale of Hope Creek now is a major issue for 2021, is that now that's no longer on the county. Well, in, in a way, you still have to pay off, of course, the debt. But are you happy with the transfer of power to a private uh, uh, company for Hope Creek? Uh, yes, yes, I am. Um, you know, I will tell you, we're, you know, we're still dealing with some of the housekeeping, uh, you know, working to finalize books and stuff like that. Um, but I will tell you, you know, this, this is what I look at. The doors are still open. The jobs are still in our community. The residents still have their home. And I, I consider that a win uh, because the counties uh, struggled to keep the doors open uh, in, in, in the final year or so uh, operating that home. And uh, I can't tell you how many days I, I was uh, very, very concerned uh, that we weren't going to be able to keep the doors open. And uh, so, yes, I, I consider it uh, successful, um, you know, as much as, as as much as many of us would have liked to continue to operate a county nursing home, um, it's, it simply was not uh, feasible. What do you see for 2021 right now? Because you were talking about hopefully you get the federal help. Uh, the state hopefully helps as well. Uh, you're hoping that uh, um, tax revenues will come in this 2021, that there'll be a bit of a return to normalcy. Is that what you're hoping for the coming year? Yes, yes. I mean, as, as, we, as we get the, you know, the vaccine is uh, more widely distributed, uh, businesses start to open back up. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm optimistic about the near future. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have to, you know, kind of take it one day or one week at a time, if you will, um, you know, until we get, you know, fully back up and, and things return to uh, more normalcy, if you will. Uh, but I'm, I'm very optimistic. There is one county agency that we very seldom ever talk about. And now for the past year, it's all we've heard about. It's the Rock Island County Health Department. Um, what do you think of the work that they've done in the past year? Well, if, if I could just clarify real quick, Jim, I just want to uh, preface my comments uh, with this. Uh, something that many people don't realize is that while uh, the health department is part of county government, they have their own governing board. Uh, and the county board doesn't actually have operational oversight of the department. So while I, I'm kind of uh, uh, kept in the loop at times, if you will, and, and we stay in contact, um, I'm not necessarily familiar with the day-to-day -day operations and what's going on in the health department. Um, that being said, um, I know there's been a lot of frustration uh, with people uh, attempting to get the, the COVID vaccinations. Um, and I, but I have to say this, that that uh, Nita Ludwig, the director of the health department and her staff um, have been working tirelessly to try to um, do the best possible job with the resources that they've been provided. Um, you know, when they're, they're only getting so many vac vaccine doses uh, per week, um, you know, they, they try to uh, make sure that those distribu are distributed in, in the most efficient and effective way. And I know there's been some hiccups, but I've got full confidence in Nita and her staff uh, in the Board of Health. We've got a great number of uh, professionals on that board uh, with uh, various areas of expertise, uh, many related specifically to 
health care and public health. Um, so, you know, I, I understand there's frustration. I completely get that, um, you know, with some people uh, uh, attempting to get their vaccination scheduled. Uh, but I, I think they've done a pretty good job considering uh, the circumstances that they've been trying to uh, work with. Rock Island County Board Chairman Richard Brunk. Thanks for listening to The Cities with Jim Mertens. And watch The Cities Thursday nights at 7, Sunday afternoon at 4, and Monday night at 6 on WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region. WQAD Podcast Network. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.